0: As enablers of change, it's important that we keep up to date with the latest extension research. But sometimes it's hard to get the journal article, let alone make the time to read and digest it. We'd like to help you with that. So in this episode, we're exploring what we've learned about the motivators for adoption. In
1: 2019, a team of researchers in the US published a paper called Synthesizing Conservation Motivations and Barriers what have we learned from qualitative studies of farmers' behaviours in the United States? Now, I don't know about you, but my ears prick up a bit when I hear about these types of review articles. In this case, it's a chance to get an update and an analysis on 49 articles rather than having to read every study. Someone else has done the hard work for us. (laughs) What's not to like about that? The researchers reviewed qualitative peer-reviewed articles PhD dissertations, master's theses, and technical reports focused on adoption of conservation practices. They specifically focused on studies in the United States between 1996 and 2017.
0: When they analysed all the research, they came up with the following 11 factors that were either motivators or barriers, or both, for adoption of conservation practices. The first was economic factors that could be either a barrier or a motivator. Understandably, high costs were often barriers. However, saving money on costs such as fuel, labour or fertiliser was a motivator. The second factor was farm management. The types of issues that were raised in this category were compatibility, effort, timing and status quo bias, meaning there was no perceived reason to change. Often these were barriers.
1: The third factor was social norms. Interestingly, these were more often identified as a motivator rather than a barrier. This was especially true where peer-to-peer learning had been used to influence change. The fourth factor was farmer characteristics, which generally focused on identity and tended to be a motivator. For example, farmers thinking of themselves as stewards of the land. The fifth factor was government programs. And while you might think they should be motivators, they were more often identified as barriers because of the application processes, eligibility criteria, and inflexibility.
0: The sixth factor was farm characteristics. Whether this was a motivator or barrier depended on whether farmers perceived the physical characteristics of their farm as being conducive to using conservation practices or not. The seventh factor kind of follows on from this and was perceptions of conservation practices themselves. Prior experience often helped motivation, whereas the time required for a practice was a barrier. The eighth factor was environmental awareness. This tended to be a motivating factor. The
1: ninth factor was distrust or trust in information sources, (laughs) and no, no prizes for guessing which meant it was motivating and which meant it was a barrier. The tenth factor was risk, as in the uncertainty associated with conservation practice adoption, and this tended to be a barrier, as you'd expect. The eleventh and final factor was land tenure, as in whether a farmer owned or leased land barriers tend to emerge if a farmer was leasing land and the owner wasn't supportive of conservation practices.
0: The paper does a great job, John, of identifying a list of factors that affect adoption, something we've been talking about in recent episodes. The researchers point out, a little obviously, that this data shows the complexity of decision-making. However, they also point out that this means that the range of frameworks available for understanding pharma decision-making are essential uh, and that these need to include institutional and governance contexts in which the decisions are embedded. They also recommended that researchers should include testing the impact of positive behavioral reinforcement. The notion that once you've adopted one practice, you're on a pathway that starts pushing you towards further adoption of related practices.
1: The so what of this analysis is summed up in the suggestions the authors have for extension practitioners. Specifically, they say we should be collaborating with farmer leaders to develop conservation social norms to leverage peer-to-peer learning, using co-learning to generate conservation practice recommendations, reinforcing positive experiences with conservation practices, highlighting the risk reduction benefits of conservation practices, and finally, connecting with farm owners and ensuring they're part of discussions where leased farmland is the norm.
0: We thought this paper was a useful addition to the couple of episodes we did on factors affecting adoption. If you'd like to read more, the paper is available online and we've put a link into the show notes.
1: Well, you've heard our thoughts. Now we'd like to hear yours. Add a comment below the blog post and tell us whether you think this is a good summary of the qualitative factors affecting adoption. Have you read any other useful papers in this space? We don't want this just to be a one-way conversation. Join in by sharing your thoughts and ideas with us.
0: Thanks, folks, for joining us on this Enablers of Change episode. Remember to subscribe to our newsletter if you'd like to know when new episodes are available. And if you like what you heard, please tell your friends so they too can join in the conversation.
1: All the best until we meet again.